You are listening to Saturdays with the Story Dude, a bi-weekly podcast about the world of screenwriting, screenwriters, and anything to do with the film and television business. I'm your host, Jared Dean Winchester, and the first thing I'm going to do right now in this episode is wish every single one of my listeners a very happy new year. Big changes are coming, so... I will announce them as they come. So, let's get started, shall we, for the new year? Now, if you recall, in the final episode for last year's uh, show, what I did was I recapped what has happened throughout the year, including all the seasons within that year, and I believe I proposed something, not just here, but in the YouTube version of my show, which is called The Story Dude Show, which I highly encourage you search for it on YouTube and check it out. I proposed possible improvements to the industry and how it needs to be about the free market, how the free market needs to decide whether or not content put out by studios is good or bad, not the critics. I spent most of that year criticizing the critics, but I also made an interesting discovery. Not all of them are bad. The ones that are bad, they're pretty amateurish, and they throw around words like willy-nilly to make themselves look smart and all that. Now, coming into the new year... I believe that when you embark on a journey such as becoming a filmmaker or a scriptwriter, few important things need to be learned. One of them is, as discussed last year, was whether or not going to film school was worth it. I explained that it wasn't worth, based on my experience going there and based on the treatment that I got as a student. I recommended that most of the time can be learned for free, don't need to pay someone unless... It's something significant and something that's worthy of the money you are paying. So that would be my recommendation. If you are considering going to film school to learn the filmmaking craft or becoming a creative practitioner. Now, I never really define what a creative practitioner is. I'm going to do that Right now. Now, what I mean by creative practitioner, you know, which is a 
term that I will be using on a regular basis on the show and every episode that I get an opportunity to say it. What this means is any one or any individual that comes under the umbrella of creative producer, screenwriter, filmmaker with a great vision, and of course, the cinematographer or anybody that's involved in filmmaking, at least the top tier, something that the film industry refers to as above the line. Now, below the line are the people that make it happen, like cinematographers, um, the crew, the actors. Oh, that, that's below the line. Above the line are the people who conceptualize. Now, when it comes to the conceptualization of ideas, I believe because of the extensive destructive criticism that's been happening, I believe that a lot of creative practitioners are playing it safe and not really showing talent. They're not really rising above simply because of the fear of being put down, having called out by critics using unnecessary words or ridiculous words like illogical, unrealistic, not believable, and, of course, the political correctness of things. Now, most critics in the industry and anywhere, including on social media like YouTube and Facebook, are without a doubt amateurs. And they use some of the words like this. What they also tend to do is they use logical fallacies, that's one, and the second is they use destructive criticism, thereby not encouraging the creative practitioner to improve on their work. All they do is spend their time using destructive criticism, making the creative practitioner's feel like crap, there's no hope, and all that, yada, yada, yada. But the kind of criticism that I welcome, and I'm going out here and putting it on record, I'm coming out here on this podcast, putting it on record, that constructive criticism is what I welcome the most. 
Now, I may disagree with some of it, but I welcome constructive criticism. Any criticism that is followed by suggestions on how the work can be improved or how somebody's work can be improved. That is not happening. All these critics, all these critics are doing is simply being on the negative. I'm not sure if they're taking any negative pills or if they're simply, you know, jumping on the negative bandwagon. I'm not too sure. But what I am sure of is automatically when they criticize, they jump on the negative. Easiest day, clearest day, easiest pie. Now, one thing that I will give critics where it's credit, where it's due, is when a critic criticizes a really bad movie, like say, for instance, a very predictable, predictable one, I will agree. And when that happens, we're in agreement. That's one of the rare cases that I do this. But for the most part, when I see bad criticism, I call it out. So if you're thinking that I am against criticism and I'm allergic to criticism or I'm complaining, think not, for thou shall be disappointed. With that being said, let's cut to a quick break. And what we're going to do is jump on to our next segment. So stay tuned. This podcast is brought to you by Spring Whales Productions, where your journey begins. Welcome back. Now, because we are starting off with the year, I have, I'm not going to say a New Year's resolution, but my goal this year is to make quality content, and that's quality movies, and at least one documentary. Now, I've not decided on what the topic of this documentary will be, but I am exploring my options and the feasibility for this documentary and where to go to find my ideal subjects to tell their story for the purposes of this documentary. What I would also like to point out is um, a word of warning to anybody who says things like, if you don't use a particular kind of equipment, you're not a professional, 
and any other criticisms or arguments that use what's known as the uh, the credentials fallacy which is a type of fallacy where the arguer attacks somebody's credentials or lack thereof to discredit or shut down an argument and this happens plenty of times on platforms like YouTube, Facebook, any social media platform that is woke. Now, when you do this, especially in the film industry, especially in the context of using it in the film industry, here's what you're doing. You are not being competent. You are not a competent creative practitioner. All you're doing is you're focusing on what tools you've got available in your arsenal and you are actually believing that said tools are the key for quality content or helping you win in this business. Yes, tools are needed, but the right kind of tools for the job is also key. Now, there's no saying that says a poor handyman or a lazy handyman will always blame his tools. Now, what that means is when you are not good at your job or not good at your work, you're always going to have to be blaming something or another. So the analogy of a handyman, a bad one, blaming his tools means that the handyman is so incompetent, so bad at his job, that he will always blame the tools, which in context of the film industry now if you're suggesting that if someone does not have the equipment that you believe that they should have to make the content more commercial then you are blaming the tools that they've got now the key here is using the tools, knowing the weaknesses, the strengths and weaknesses of said tool to help you get the job done. In the same boat, I'm going to use computers that, in the sense, when you're importing your footage and you're editing your content, doesn't matter if your computer does not have the latest gen processors or the latest gen equipment or the latest gen whatever. It does not break the deal or is not a deal breaker simply for the reason that that computer 
can still get the job done. I can still get your editing done and allow you to put it up on social media or, or any platform that you want to put your content out on. Now, honestly, my recommendation here is if you're going to go for a computer specifically for content editing purposes, I would pick something with a powerful processor and an equally powerful graphics. The other components come in secondary. And here's where I say that. Here's why I say it. And it's simply because with video editing, some of it is graphics intensive, some of it is processor intensive. So you want to balance it out with having a powerful processor and an equally powerful graphics card. Now, I'm not a computer technician. I am not a computer salesman. But based on what I researched, this information is what I believe what will help you edit your content efficiently. Now, you know, I would love to be the guy to be able to afford the most expensive lenses, cameras, what have you, to help me up my game, so to speak. And by far, increase the content that I'm delivering, like increase the professionality of the content. But truth be told, even the cheapest professional-grade camera that you can get your hands on can get the job done. Even the most cheapest professional grade computer can get the job done. Now, I um, realize that the word cheap sometimes has a negative connotation to it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to replace it with the words budget-friendly or the words budget. Because, quite frankly, what you'll be looking at is simply budget means not enough allocation. Money is an object. So budget is the word that I'm going to use instead of the word shape. Now, shape in terms of lower cost does not mean you're going to get the best quality product available. And if the words, you get what you pay for, has any weight to it or any value, this is where I would use it. Anyway, welcome to the new year. 
and future episodes of Saturdays with the Story Dude. And I look forward to many more episodes throughout the year and many more topics to be discussed within the screenwriting, film, and movie business, and TV business, and the world of the screenwriters. Now, I say that in the introduction of every single one of my episodes because it all starts with the screenwriter and the world of screenwriters is quite different to the world of filmmaking, showrunning, and TV shows, and movie producers, especially creative producers. Their world is slightly different because in the world of screenwriting, this is where it starts. The process is somewhat different because every writer has a process, his or her own process, when they work on content. So that's why I introduce it as screenwriters, the world of screenwriting, and of course the film and television business. So just so you guys are clear on that or to provide some clarity... So, with that being said, thank you for listening to the first ever episode of Saturdays with the Story Dude. So, thank you for listening, and until I talk to you again, don't forget to turn that page